Hello, friends and enemies, and welcome to a very spooky episode of the RPG Academy podcast. This is your this is your host for this episode, Taylor. Uh, I am the host for Game Closet, a queer and LGBT tabletop role-playing game show on the RPG Academy Network. Uh, and this is a very special episode that we recorded live on location at Gen Con 2018. Uh, you may have noticed a couple people talking here and there about the murder basement. That's right. We had an Airbnb. We are two for two uh, on Gen Con visits getting horrible haunted basements. And we decided to play uh, a fun game down in the haunted murder basement of this year's Airbnb. Uh, so what you are about to hear is an episode of Ten Candles, uh, starring myself, uh, Michael from the RPG Academy, and then our friend Dylan. Um, this is a very haunted episode. Um, I, I did my best to kind of scrub out some of the background noise from this, this basement, which featured a dehumidifier and a furnace kind of running simultaneously. Um, the audio is really not great. It's also super, super haunted because I scrubbed out the background noise and then slowly the noises of all of the, the various ghosts that live in this basement uh, started to creep in. So you will hear something. Um, I promise you it sounds like whispering. Um, I'm really hoping that it isn't. Um, but just a heads up for that. Uh, also heads up, Ten Candles is a bleak game. Spoiler alert, both of the characters in this game will be dead at the end. And the ways that they die are, are not happy. Um, so just like a heads up for that. I think that that's all I want to get out of the way. So I will see you all at a catacon. Um, and enjoy this very, very haunted episode of the RPG Academy podcast. You want? All right. No, it's still on. Nope. It's just near you. Is there a switch in the hallway? Alright. We are recording, by the way. So, um, I wanted to catch the audio of when we turn this off. Oh, no. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're making use of the random glove. Maybe that's what the gloves for. Yeah, that's... Oh, please don't take away the light if you're going to go turn the light off. Oh, here I got it. It's oh. Fine. We have all these candles. Wait, it's not like they'll go out. Alright, that was you. Oh, oh god damn. I love this. I great. love you guys. Thank you, Rich. It was really nice knowing you. <laughs> um, hello, friends and enemies. Uh, we are we're bringing you a great, good Gen Con spectacular game. Um, we're going to be playing a very spooky game today, one of my favorite games. Uh, we're playing Ten Candles. Um, Asterix. Ten Candles Asterix. Uh, we're playing Six Candles <laughs> um, for multiple reasons. The first is that... We could not find ten candles in this house. Uh, the second is that we are in an incredibly haunted location, and I want to get out of here immediately. <laughs> um, I really want to leave. You can't just, like, walk around. <laughs> oh, God. Rich, you're a monster. I am a monster. You enjoy your game. Yeah. Um, enjoy. So, yes, we're playing ten candles. This is an incredibly haunted basement that we find ourselves in today. Um, and so the sounds that you hear in the background are not the, like, normal, uh, we're recording this at a convention and there's poor audio. Those are, in fact, the horrible spirits of the ghosts. The souls of the damned that surround us. Yes. Um, I am hoping that using humor will, like, lighten (laughs) my terror, but, um, folks, it's good here. Uh, so yes, let's get into introductions um, my name is Taylor. You will recognize me from the Game Closet podcast, a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a an interview podcast with queer and LGBT tabletop role players. Um, there's a very, like, listen, people make the I'm too gay for this joke all the time, but I am way too gay for this. Um, we're good. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to my right. We're going to say hey to Dylan. Hi, so I'm Dylan. I have nothing to plug because... I just do science and stuff, so instead I'm going to read this candle. Oh, glorious St. Martin, ever since you were young, notwithstanding that you were born and educated into paganism, your virtuous tendencies drove you towards the knowledge of the real God. For that early religiousness, we beg that you intercede upon our Lord Jesus Christ in order that we follow the rules that through life and example he taught us in order to lead us into the Holy Land, where we hope to live forever and ever for every day, amen. This was a mistake. <laughs> uh, you didn't and buy that candle. That candle was just here. Yep. Uh, so we're now going to pass it over to Michael. 
Hi, this is Michael from the RPG Academy Podcast Network, uh, etc., etc. I'm jealous that I don't get to read anything. I found this old book. It was in this crevice. Do you mind if I read from it? Yeah. I think it's in Latin, so I might have to you know stumble through it. It looks like it's bound with something strange. Yeah, it's got dark leather, red. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I've, I've wanted to play Tin Candles for a while, and this is literally the most perfect, at the same time, worst possible scenario for us to play. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we will have photos. There's also a video <laughs> that we can share and link to in the show notes to this episode. Please believe us. It is scary. So, Dylan, uh, have you played Ten Candles before? I have not. I have heard tell of Ten Candles. Okay. And Michael, you just said that you haven't. Correct. Um, Ten Candles is a game that I love very, very much. Uh, it is unsettling, to say the least. Uh, it is a a survival horror game. Um, it's It's more about who we are and what we do when we are scared, then it is about are we going to make it through um, this horrible scenario. At the end of Ten Candles, all of our characters are going to be dead. That is a fact. Um, We will talk about other facts about this game. Uh, The first one is a fact that we are going to be reminding ourselves a lot of the time, and that is that the world is dark. So about ten days ago, the sun went out, And then the stars went out, and then the moon went out, and now the world is in complete darkness. Um, It's been about ten days. We've kind of banded together um, in pockets of people who are survivors. Um, The second fact that we will also remind ourselves of quite often is that we are still alive. And that is important, because we cannot die until the end of the game. So we're going to explore this sort of horror, scary scenario. Um, Please do things that endanger yourself. Please be scared and be concerned for your safety. But know that you are not going to die until the end of the game, where you will die. We have six lit candles in front of us. Some of them are larger than others, um, but those candles represent the story and the pacing of the story, and that is going to be important because about three days ago, they arrived. We don't really know right now what they are or what they are capable of, but we do know that they are after us, and they are not going to stop. And... As we play this game, as we extinguish these candles in front of us, as we go through our scenes, they are going to get stronger. So what we have done is already done our prep. We've lit our candles. Uh, I have pulled the dice that we need out. um, And we are going to kind of create our characters here. Uh, I'm going to turn the flashlight on my phone off. I regret this immediately. Yeah. Uh, so now we are in complete darkness in this in this basement. Um, I would like to have a con, uh, like a, a small little conversation about safety. So yes, we're doing this. We're doing this because like we want to be scared. We want to be in a spooky environment. If at any point in time like it gets too much and you're like, no, I encourage you. Let me know as soon as possible. We will turn some lights on. We will be comfortable. We can either take a like a pause and like a break um, because. Yeah, it's spooky down here. Or we can just decide, no, like, this is where we're going to call it, and we're going to go upstairs uh, and have a, have a fun rest of the convention. Um, we are we do not have a card with an X on it, so we will instead just, like, cross our hands over our chest or say X card uh, whenever we need to stop or do anything. Um, I also like to play with what are called lines and veils. Uh, lines are hard things that are just not going to come up in play. Veils are things that we can, like, fade to black on, um, or, like, mention, but we're not going to go into detail. Uh, I have a hard line against suicide and substance abuse. We are not going to talk about those. And I have a veil against drowning, so it can, like, happen, but I don't want to spend any time describing it. Do either of you two have lines or veils that we want to talk about? Uh, just as a line, kids don't exist. Yeah. Children are off limits. Yep. So nothing bad is going to happen to kids. Uh, no. Cool. Um, 
So, let's talk about our characters. Rich is already tweeting about us as if we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Remember me! <laughs> um, so we have two characters, and we are going to make them with a series of index cards that I have prepared. So the first index card that we are going to fill out is our name, look, and concept. So I am handing each of my players a card, and I am handing each of them a writing utensil. So please write down a name, what your character looks like, and then a concept. This concept is like maybe a two-word description of like who they are, what they do, a profession is a good concept, like um, energetic and peppy is like a good concept, like stereotypical high school cliques are con good concepts. Those are, are kind of good things, but maybe like a one or two word description of that. Is everything else assuming this is contemporary America or, or the world, so this isn't like cyberpunk? Uh, I think it's safe to say that we're like contemporary, or if not contemporary, like very near future. Okay. I'm going to be playing Victor, uh, someone who is generally, since the lights have gone out, gotten progressively more tired and drawn, just kind of worn out. Okay. General concept is an uncertain engineer, someone who thinks every problem should have a solution, but since everything has gone upside down, has lost their faith in that concept. Mm. I like it. And Michael? Uh, my name is Miko Rishi. Uh, so I'm like a 20-something uh, male Asian, really dark black hair, thin. Okay. Um, before the lights went out, yep. uh, I was a cryptocurrency hacker. So I, I moved illicit funds around for bad people. Okay. Uh, but I live most of my life in a virtual world. Okay. And I'm still trying to hold on to that as if this is a, a game, a scenario. I'm not letting the reality of it sink in. Yeah. I like that. Uh, so the next card that I'm going to pass around is your virtue. So this is going to be something um, that is a strength, something that you can use, um, something that is going to be positive about you. And you will notice that I've drawn an arrow on that card because you are going to be giving the virtue to the person on your left. Since there's two of us, you're going to be trading. Gotcha. So the virtue that Victor is going to give to Miko is... going to give him resourceful. Excellent. And Victor is trusting. Nice. And for the record, I'm now laying down with my back to the murder hole. Yep. Which means it's very unlikely I will get up in time to avoid whatever comes for me. Oh, boy. Uh, so now we're going to be doing the same thing with a vice. So this is something that is negative that might get in the way. Um, and you are going to be giving your vice that you write down to the person to your right, which... It's just going to be trading with each other in this situation. Hey, how nothing exists past that doorway. Hmm? Just hard line. I would really not like to think about it, like, yeah. ever again. <laughs> or talk about it, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're just going to leave that. Yep. Um, yeah, so the vice that Victor is giving to Miko. Contemplative. Yeah. All right. Not super happy about this one, so I'd be open to some group thing, but I'll put forgetful. Oh, okay. okay. And now we have a card uh, that is a good one. Um, that is, I will find hope when I dot dot dot. These I give to you to write for yourself. Um, this is a thing that you want your character to do that will give them hope in this dark world. Um, these are, try to make them kind of specific, but vague enough that, like, we can make them happen. So, like, um, I want to hack into, like, the First National Bank is not, like, a very great one, just because that might not happen. Mm. But, like, I want to show off my skills is a good one. All right. So, Victor, when will you find hope? I will find hope when I find an explanation. Hmm. And, Mika, when will you find hope? When I find a safe haven. Mm, so okay. I, I assume that we are either on the run or we have a small, like, survivor enclave. If I find more survivors or a safe place to hide. Nice. Very cool. Um, so now we get, to, uh, we get to do my favorite card. So this is going to be a card that you give to the person on your right. And it's, I have seen you, dot, dot, dot. Um... So, Dylan, you have seen Miko do something secretive. 
that Miko uses he, him pronouns, right? Yeah, correct. And Victor uses he, him? Same, yep. Perfect. Um, so this is something that Victor has seen Miko do that he doesn't want to tell people about. Um, Miko, you get an interesting card uh, because you get to see something about them. So your card says, you have seen them, dot, dot, dot. And you get to come up with something about them. This is not a weakness of them, so you can't write, like, I have seen them and they're afraid of water or something. But, like, this is a detail that you get to add about the monsters in this game. Um, and, Victor, I'm going to steal your pen because they have seen you, dot, dot, dot. Do not say what this thing is out loud. So, let's meet our characters. Let's start with Victor. Tell me name, look, concept, your vice, and your virtue, and when you will find hope. Oh, good. And we've run into one of our first mechanics of Ten Candles, which is when a candle goes out, even accidentally, it is out forever. That's the St. Martin candle, for those who are playing along at home. We're very cursed here, it looks like. Um, yeah. So... We're playing five candles. <laughs> <laughs> it's a half game. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so, my name is Victor. I've gotten progressively more tired and worn out since the lights went out. I was an engineer back when we could see what was going on around us, but I've started kind of losing faith in that certainty that every problem has a solution. I've been getting forgetful leaving things in the dark and not knowing where they went anymore. And I've had to rely on other people. I've started trusting a little bit more. I'll find hope when I find an explanation for really any of this. And then let's talk to Miko. All right, so Miko Rishi is 20-something Asian male. I uh, Very dark black hair, but very pale. I was uh, basically like a currency farmer in like one of the you know, World of Warcraft type games. I was a gamer, and then I eventually moved into cryptocurrency hacking. So I would move money around using like Bitcoin and Glimmer and some of the other cryptocurrencies. Um, then once everything has gone dark, I have somehow managed to use some of the skills I've gained through gaming and applied them to the real world and some survival instincts that has made me resourceful in the dark. Uh, but I'm also very contemplative. I, uh, I may, may try to overthink problems, try to connect them, like try to bring uh, some sort of rationale to an irrational situation. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'm slow to act because I want to think through the problem too much. Okay. So. Oh, and I will find uh, hope yeah. when we find a safe place to stay, a safe haven. Nice. So we're going to do now one of my favorite parts of Ten Candles, which is we're going to leave a found footage message for for the audience, essentially. Um, and we will we will play this. Uh, editor's note, we'll cut this out, and then we'll play the, the voice recording at the end. We have five candles in front of us. These represent five truths about the world. So we may not know kind of where we are or what our situation in life is, but we have the opportunity to establish some of that. One thing that we don't have to use a candle to establish is what we have on our person. So your characters have what you, the players, have within reach right now. Lighter. Um, Sharpie. Miko only has a Sharpie. <laughs> There's some podcast recording equipment. There's a chair behind me. A couple sketchy lawn chairs. Water bottle. A water bottle, a dehumidifier, a couple phones. Uh, the gloves over there, but I'll say that I have that. Haunted gloves. Haunted gloves. <laughs> um, so that's what you have. The first fact that we always establish is these things are true. The world is dark. And then we have three facts that we get to establish because the last candle will also be a fact that is always true. Um, who would like to establish a fact about the world that we find ourselves in? Limitedly, electronics devices still work. Okay. So there's still some electronic stuff around the world. We have two more facts. Let's say most people have gotten out already. Okay. So we're kind of 
going out here. Um, I'm going to establish the third fact that it is currently snowing. And then the last fact that we are all going to establish by saying it together, and I'll give us a countdown of three, two, one. Um, we are all going to say, and we are still alive. Three, two, one, and, and we, we are still alive. So it is snowing. You have what you have on your person. Most people have left, um, and a couple of your electronic devices still work. People are kind of figuring out which flashlights still work, which ones are still on. Um, it, is, it is pretty desperate at this point. Usually when we start with 10, we have a lot of facts that we can use to help ourselves. We are starting with five. Things are bleak. What do you do? So um, Miko has found like an old ham radio, yep. and I'm searching frequencies. You know, the, is anyone out there? Can anyone respond? Wait a few seconds, change the channel. Sometimes the device just stops working, even though it has charged. It's, it's like there's some sort of interference. Uh, so I'm currently looking for others. I'd like to see your searching. So the mechanic in Ten Candles is rolling with a pool of six-sided dice. Uh, you want to roll a six. Um, if you roll a six, even just one, you have narrative control. Okay. So I'm going to give you our five six-sided dice, one for each candle that is currently lit. All right. One six. One six. Two sixes, actually. Two sixes. Are there any ones? Uh, two of those as two well. Two of those. So, what I would like you to do with those ones is one of two things. You can either set them aside and not be able to roll them for the rest of the scene, or you can take your cards, and I would like you to take your um, Virtue, Vice, and Hope cards and put them in any order, um, and then... Put those three that you just have stacked on top of your I have seen you card. Anytime that you roll ones, if you can apply the top card on your deck to the situation, you can. Um, we're not going to do this mechanic specifically, but you can burn that card. If we were playing in an area like outside or in one of our actual homes and not in a rented Airbnb, uh, you would literally burn this card. Okay. Um, we're going to rip it up instead. Okay. Um, you can rip it up and re-roll any of the ones. I noticed that both of you do not have the hope card yet, so I will avoid talking about the special mechanic with that one for the moment. Okay. Um, so if you want to hold on to those ones, which I suggest that you do because you don't want to drop from five to three, try and look for a way to apply your vice to this situation. Uh, I will say that because I'm, you know, contemplative that, um, I almost get lost in thought. Mm. So I stay on a channel maybe longer than makes sense. Yeah. Which gives me more opportunity for someone to stumble upon the channel if someone's doing the same thing. Yeah. So reroll both of those ones, please. Five and a six. Or, well, I don't I think that was a five, but I hit it, but it's a four now. Yeah. Either way, as long as it's not a six, it doesn't help. But you have rolled three sixes. <laughs> Which is great and Perfect. appropriate for our first yep. roll. In yes, this when, yeah. Um, you have rolled more sixes than I have, so you get narrative control of the scene. Okay. What happens? So, um, after a while, I do get some sort of response, but it's not like human communication, but it's some sort of signal that isn't um, natural, some sort of artificial. Like maybe someone isn't able to speak for some mm. reason, but they're communicating like. Not necessarily Morse code, but some sort of electronic disturbance that is in a pattern uh, that lets me know that someone or something is out there receiving me, but I can't actually talk to them. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? Um, is it just Victor and I, or are there other like NPCs in our group currently? Let's find out. Okay. So please roll those dice for me. All of them? All of them. Uh, one, three, four, five, six. Any ones? One. And one, 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 six. Okay. Would you like to... Oh, I would actually have you rip up your vice card because you used that. Okay. Mmm, get those good ripped up sound notes. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... 
You can re-roll that one if you would like to. All right, I will do so. Um, you would have to use the top card on your deck to do so. My top card now is my hope card. Okay. I will have hope when we find a safe haven. This is potentially that safe haven I'm looking for. Okay. And it's another one. It is, so please, please set it aside for now. Um, and we don't have our hope yet. Um, but what we do have is the absence of hope. So please rip up that hope card. So I have convinced myself yeah. that this disturbance is some sort of communication. Yeah. I'm very excited. I have hope swells within me. Mm. I call over Victor. Victor, please come here. I think I've found something. All right, yeah, yeah. What, what are we looking at? Let's listen. Let's listen. Do you okay. hear that? It's like, yeah. and then there's a pause, and then there's again. Yeah. It's, it's clearly nothing, but I have convinced myself that it is actually someone communicating, but to you it's just static. And there's, like, that little part of me that wants to point that out, but, like, I haven't seen you light up like this almost at all. So there's, like, yeah, I, 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 can, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, do you know where it's coming from? Not yet, but, but I, will, I will spend some more time. I, I think about... If I spend some time, I can probably work out like an algorithm for like what the sequences are. And maybe there's a message hidden within that, almost like Morse code. So um, okay. So I will spend time doing that. Do you want to get our gear ready in case we need to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll see what I can wrangle. Let's right. see what we can pull off. And as Vector leaves, the ham radio dies again for no reason. So I'm excited, and then it's just gone. Yeah. I'm going to double check that I got that hope mechanic thing right. Where is the hope mechanic? God damn it. Why is that door scary? That was some bullshit. <laughs> Does that sound like a body hidden the floor to you? Uh, kind of sound like a body hidden the floor to me. Well, that would require the body to be made of wood. Oh, well. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. That'd be, <laughs> that's what I'm going to keep telling myself. Yeah. Since St. Martin has abandoned us. I don't know what St. Martin is the saint of. I haven't any of them was... I mean, yeah, I mean, saint's nice. a saint, you know. And yeah. When, when you're back in the corner, any saint will do. Yeah. You know just scared to me? Seth. We're going to wrap this game by killing the last candle. And then we'll be in total darkness in the basement by ourselves? No, and then we'll be in the basement in total darkness and have to record the outro. Oh. Nice. Can't just walk away from the recording equipment. That's true. That would be irresponsible podcasting. Yeah. I hate the nonsense holes. Creepy dark room would be fine. Terrifying hole in the wall. That, that's the one that does it for me. There are definitely the bones of something or someone buried in that hole. The fact that you were hopeful enough to use singular nouns there is... Oh, <laughs> good. good. Here we go. Um, oh, stellar. I, I knew that I got it wrong, but I didn't realize the way in which I got it wrong, because when you fail at your hope, the scene immediately ends and you extinguish a candle. Aha! Oh! So, again, as I'm searching for the signal, the ham radio goes out. Mm. So, give me that one die. Thank you. They now have a dice. Or a die. And they can start rolling. Anytime that I get more sixes than you, I will have narrative control. We have four dice in the pool. We have four lit candles. We have four facts to establish about this scene. As always, the first fact is the world is dark. We have two facts. The ham radio cuts out in silence. We can either pick up, you know, hours later, or we can pick up right then. But we can have two facts to establish about the world. Let's say that we managed to come across something that supplies, basically. Okay. Let's say uh, a hardware store that someone hadn't managed to pull everything out of. Mm. Okay. Uh, 
the vehicle we were driving is out of gas, so we're now on foot. Good. And uh, our last fact is always, are you ready? Three, two, one. And, and we, we are, are still, still alive. alive. So you are on foot with your hardware store accessories. So I, I imagine like we're holed up there for the moment. Okay. So we, our car broke down, we walked, we found this place. Snow is getting really deep. Mm-hmm. So we're inside the Home Depot or Ace Hardware or something, just like yeah. hunkered down yeah. for a while. We've got that ongoing debate where the electronics are fluctuating a little faster than they used to. And I'm convinced that we need to take at least one of the propane tanks along. Like we can't, we can't rely on, you know, anything else to hold up. We need the ability to eat. Mm. We need the fire. What are you worried about right now? It's already dark, and it's only going to get colder. Yeah. We're in the middle of winter, and we need to make it through the night, the continued night. So I want to make sure that we stay warm, even if we can't really see where we're at. Yeah. How do you do that? Uh, for the moment, uh, I'm trying to move stuff around in the lumberyard well enough that I can get a small fire going without winding up in an inferno. Yeah. So, trying to get whatever tools I can to hack everything into small enough bits to put together some sort of bonfire that isn't going to spread. Mm. Um, I would love for you to give me a roll to show your efforts at this. Okay. That is nothing of interest. Fives, fours, threes. Do you have any ones? None. Then the scene immediately ends. Because I also did not roll a six. I would love for you to extinguish a candle, please. And so, I'll take one of these die. So I imagine that you're trying to start the fire, and you're just trying over and over, and this scene fades with you never getting the fire lit. Oh, God. So these things are true. The world is dark. We have one fact to establish. They are on our trail. They are on our trail. And, ready? Three, two, one. And, and we are, are still alive. alive. They're on your trail. You're cold from not having the fire. You're afraid, running, ousted from the the hardware store. What do you do, Nico? We have the propane. Uh, we find... The barest amount of shelter, and I think we need to we need to make a stand. We have the propane. If we need to, we could light it on fire, but we can't outrun them. We're tired or cold, there's nowhere to go. I think we make a stand here and try to force them away and give us breathing room. How do you prepare for the stand? Um, get the propane. Like we connect it to like a hose that we could use it as like makeshift flamethrower. So Did you? I would like for you to give me a roll on this. <laughs> yeah. I have two sixes. Two sixes. Any ones? No. Nice. Thank you. Um, I have zero sixes, so you get to narrate this. What does your flamethrower look like? Uh. Probably not safe, certainly not OSHA approved, yeah. uh, but basically I have uh, some like flexible, uh, a flexible rubber hose from the propane tank to a piece of conduit that's about like eight feet long so I can keep the flame away from me, mm-hmm. and we just have like a, like a grill lighter yeah. that I can spark it if I need to. Nice. Um, exactly, hey, the one that go. Victor yeah. has with him. Uh Speaking of Victor, Victor, what are you doing to prepare? I'm trying to make sure that uh, all this is going to remain stable. Basically, we have the hose bent kind of around the corner. Yep. But we need to make sure, basically, it remains pointing up to kind of force them away from us. The snow has been piling up, so we have that lighter. It's going to be enough to get us going. But if this falls down, it's going into a snowbank, and it's going out. Show me your efforts to make this happen. That is one six. Any ones? Two fours. Two fours. No ones. 
I did not get any sixes, so please uh, continue. So I take the little bits and pieces of string and thread, some of it pulled out of backpacks, and try to rig up a little uh, harness, basically keeping the end of this up. And I call back to Miko to, kind of, to let the uh, propane go as they start to get near, and I'm basically waiting with the lighter to start this up, hopefully when they're close enough to catch some of them, and then I'm bolting back into cover. Okay. So you wait... And you wait, and you wait, and then you see the bodies start to walk, and they're moving unnaturally, not bending their knees or their elbows, um, and their faces are turned up towards the sky, and their mouths are open and talking. And they're slowly coming towards you. Just as they always have come towards you slowly. What do you do? I'm going to let them get just a little closer. Just just close enough that I start to question if this is even going to work. Then I'm going to light the flamethrower. Let's see how that goes for you. What did you roll? One six, no ones. I rolled... Two sixes. Fantastic. Um, so you light the flamethrower, and it it lights up in a huge blaze of light and illuminates the city block, and you can just see that there are dozens, if not hundreds, of these things, of them, coming towards you. Um, and it ignites the first ones. Uh, do people have things against, like, fire or immolation? Nope. Okay. So... They catch on fire, and they keep walking towards you. And it gets pretty obvious that this isn't going to do it, and that you are going to have to immediately move. What do you do? I'm going to start running back. I'm going to call them Miko. It's not working. It, it, it doesn't even hurt them. They're not even phased. And as I run back, I'm going to see, just on the hope that sheer physical force will do something, I'm going to throw the propane tank into one of the ones on fire, hoping that it'll explode. Let's see how that goes for you. I have one six, but you're smiling. I have two sixes again. Yep. Um, it catches the propane tank and tosses it aside. And its, it's mouth open to the sky is just kind of whispering gibberish into the air. And the, the fire that is on it just kind of, like, fizzles out and, and drips charcoal onto the wet snow. Miko, what are you doing right now? I thought the fire had a chance. But seeing as that the, these things from beyond are immune to fire, I, I just look around for if there's anything that I could use as a weapon, as a piece of pipe, as, you know, as a rock. And the snow is too deep. I'm just looking around, and I'm just getting frantic because I don't see anything around well, me. Let's see what you find. A one and two threes. A one and two threes. I did not roll any sixes, so either the scene immediately ends, or you can burn the card that you have to re-roll that one. I think I'll just end the scene. Okay. Please extinguish a candle. These things are true. The world is dark. And ready? Three, two, one. And, and we, we are, are still, still alive. alive. We have two candles lit. Um, I would like to say that it's, it's later. Hours later. And the two of you are separate from the rest of everyone else. Uh, alone, huddled in the snow on the road shivering and cold, but you have each other. What do you talk about? start telling Miko about how when I came out, when the blizzard hit, just before everything started going dark, it was supposed to be basically a milk run. Mm -hmm. Literally. Just, I'm going to go out, pick up a few things for dinner, everything's going to be fine. And the snow started coming down, you know, 
I had to pull over, wound up stopping in an office building for a few days. But it's just been dragging on and on and on. And I don't know what happened to my family. And Nico, what do you talk about? I don't know how old I am. It was the day before my birthday when the lights went out. So has it been a day? Am I still that age, or does this count as a day anymore? Just almost like, again, contemplative on things that maybe are inconsequential. Mm. And as the two of you sit and talk about these things, you hear movement in the snow around you. What do you do? I I turn to look, but I'm not like nervous, scared, or excited. It's just sort of like, what's that? Mm. So let's see what that is. And I'm going to steal one of those dice from you. Ooh. Thank you. You should have two. But yes. Nope. Let's go again. It wasn't a one or a six. I uh, did get a six. Then you beat me. So you see kind of in the wet snow as it's thick and coming down in, in giant clumps. Uh, you can just see one of them just slowly shambling towards you uh, with its head facing upwards, its mouth moving in a slow whisper to that thing beyond in the sky that it keeps talking to, that they always keep talking to. Uh, and it is just coming one towards you. This is the first time that you've only seen one before, uh, but it's still acting like the rest of them do in groups. Um, maybe it was separated from a larger horde of them, or maybe it's just one that was slowly, slowly walking. That it has found you, and you now have to do something. What is that thing that you do? I just start praying. Not even asking for help, just forgiveness for everything. I'm sorry, I don't know what we did. I understand it was wrong. And I'm so sorry. As uh, Victor begins to pray, I'll put a hand on your shoulder, and I'm just I'm just watching the creature come mm-hmm. towards us. And then when it gets like just a, you know a few steps away, I just slowly start to back away from it while Victor's still praying. And then I'm just going to turn and run. Oh, geez, I want to see how this happens. Um. One thing to bring up, because we only have two candles left, you can intentionally darken a candle. Um, This ends the scene catastrophically for you, um, but it may let your friends get away. I'm going to roll my three dice to see what happens here, unless anyone darkens this candle. Uh, Michael, I would love for you to roll your two. Can we both roll one, since we were both kind of in the scene? Sure. Six. You got the six. It's yours. So what happens? The the creature continues to lumber forward. Uh, Miko is starting to run. Yeah. And and something holds me back. I, not physically, but I just like I look back towards Victor, and I notice that the creature seems to have ignored him. Yeah. And is past him, and is now coming still towards me. Towards you. And you think maybe movement is the key, or something, um, or maybe just. It doesn't see Victor as a threat anymore, uh, but it does you standing up and, and making a, a commotion. Um, either way, it is headed directly towards you, Miko. What do you do? Um, I, I take a second to think maybe, maybe I should pray, but I've, I've never been one, and it doesn't, doesn't feel genuine. I don't think that would do anything. Uh, so I'm going to continue to run, mm. but because it's shambling, I'm going to try to run like sort of in a circle okay. and come back towards Victor and see if I can just keep it away from us for a little while and regroup. Yeah, let's see if you can. Five and a four. Uh, I rolled a six. And so as you start running in a circle, I think you trip on something under the snow uh, and you fall down hard. Um, and there is something that is sharp in the snow and you, um, you cut open your hand. I won't talk about it in detail, but it hurts very much. Um, and the red in the snow uh, is is the only real color that you see. Um, 
it is very dark, and the snow only gives off enough light just from the vague electronics that are around you. Um, and so the red is almost a black mark in the snow where your handprint was. Uh, and this thing shambles ever, ever towards you. Um, Victor. Well, yeah, so, so Miko looks to my hand, and there's a faint smile that actually comes to his lips. Yeah. This is the first thing I've truly felt in a very long time. Okay. Victor, you are praying, and your praying seems to have worked. Um, they passed you, and they went towards your friend, uh, who was running, fallen, hurt himself. What do you do? I have a moment where I think to myself that the right thing to do would be to help. Mm-hmm. But potentially undoing everything I just did in prayer the next thought is, but now I can get out. Oh, fuck that thing entirely. That is unfair. Get, oh, where's the fucking lighter? So content warning for centipedes, because there is one. (laughs) (sighs) And now I've lost it. Good. Reality is bad. Um, It's fine. We're here in fiction, where it's also bad. Yeah. All of the creatures turn into centipedes. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of things being bad... You, you said that you were thinking of what the right thing to do was, but... Yeah, but my last thought is, this is my chance. Mm. And I run. Yeah, you do. Let's see Sorry. how that goes. Did you a, get any sixes? I got a six and a three. Ooh, I did not get any sixes, so please narrate. So, I start running, and we get a near-immediate confirmation. It was not prayer. It was the motion, Mm. because while Miko is down looking at his hand, and I start to run, the thing snaps, and it faces towards me. It starts chasing me, but I have enough of a head start, and it's enough of a shamble that it's slowing down. It seems that the thing Miko cut his hand on was a car wreck, something that left metal strewn through the road, Mm. covered up mostly by the snow. And the thing starts to trip and stumble. Essentially buys me the time to start getting a bit of distance while still giving Miko an opportunity while it's facing away. And Miko, what do you do with this opportunity? Uh, I, I realized that what I've cut my hand on was like, again, a shard of rusted metal from a, from a wreck. Yep. But the, uh, the, the cabin of this car is still somewhat together. And I'm going to just sort of snake into it, trying to burrow and hide in in the snow inside this car and just not move and hope that it will continue to chase Victor and give me time to get away later. Let's see if it works. Two threes. I rolled two fives and a two. So please darken a candle. Of course you guys are picking the ones that are small. So Miko's inside this car, and I take my phone, which has been the only source of light, and I turn it off, and I'm in darkness. So, there's only one fact that we are going to establish in this scene, and that is the world is still dark. For the moment, we are still alive. We will not be at the end of this scene. Where do we think that we are? Let's take some time and think about this. You're hiding, you're running, and then they are here, and they are coming. Um... Miko, you you hide underneath this car, um, and we get a shot of you hiding afraid and then hands reaching down from over the car um, as as they kind of climb and and scramble and crawl over. Uh, Heads always pointed upwards, mouths always whispering to the sky. What do you do? I am going to... Again, because of the car is, is wrecked, all the pieces aren't quite together. Yeah. So I'm actually able to kind of like scoot underneath the dashboard and out where the motor would have been. Yeah. And I'm thin, probably even thinner now because I haven't been eating very well. And I'm able to sort of slide through where the engine has been destroyed. And I'm going to be able to at least get on the other side of them, scrambling out into the snow let's, and try to run away. Let's see how well that works. I did not roll any sixes. I rolled a two. You rolled a two. So, what I'm going to ask for... Victor, I would like for you to tell me how you die first. 
So this is actually a cut forward, and then we come back to Miko after. Mm -hmm. But essentially, we find out that we were essentially over an overpass, uh, and where I ran essentially went over the bridge. Mm. So while they, I had their attention for a half second, the moment I fall and leave line of sight, the scrambling of Miko draws their attention back. Mm. I fall deep into a hole and wind up in the little crevice that was shielded by a semi-truck. Mm. I don't know if it's days or weeks, but they never find me. Yeah. And, Miko, before you darken our final candle, I would like for you to tell us what it looks like when you die. So I, I run as far as I can for as long as I can. I, I, I stumble, I fall, get more and more bloody, but I'm getting slower, and they never tire. Mm. And eventually I just I cannot run anymore. And the, the first one catches up and just sort of stops nearby, and then soon more come and more, and then I'm surrounded, three, four, five deep all around me. There's There's nowhere to go, and they just... They just slowly step a little forward, and they're closer. They step a little forward, closer. And when they're close enough to touch, one of them bends down. First time I've ever seen any of them bend their knees. Mm -hmm. And it just slowly leans forward, and it whispers something into my ear. And my eyes just go solid black. Mm. And please darken that candle. Oh, this is very cursed. So I should have this voice recording, and I can hear it very faintly. I see the voice signs for it. Let's just pretend like we are very eerily unsettled by this voice recording, which I promise we have audio for. And that was Ten Candles. I am going to go turn some lights on, and we can do our outro. Oh, I there's no... <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, look at this horrible thing. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. Yeah. Fuck me. We are living in a hellscape of our own creation. <laughs> this was a mistake. Oh, it's right there. Yep, it's, un it's under you. It's under you. God, no. I almost just touched it. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for joining us for 10 Candles. Again, uh, my name is Taylor. You can find me on Twitter at LeviathanFiles. You can find everything else that I do at RiverHouseGames.com. I'm going to throw it to, uh, to Victor, I said, uh, to Dylan. <laughs> my name's Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at DJ Malenfant. That's D-J-M-A-L-E-N-F-A-N-T. And we can talk about whatever. All right, and I am Michael, host of the RPG Academy podcast and everything and anything it's part of. You can find me everywhere at the RPG Academy. Excellent. Um, we're going to stop recording immediately because we have to get out of here. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, hey, Mom. So we're, we're just going to head out real quick. I shouldn't be gone too long. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I get back. I, uh, I live... What? Uh, yeah. Okay. See ya. To whoever's still out there, if you find this, there's still hope. We're not gone. Get